0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay.
1: Good morning.
0: Afternoon. (laughs) Evening. Evening. Good night. Good night. So, Carolyn... Do you ever, you said before we actually started recording, you are curious to find out what we're talking about. Do you ever have any topics you want to talk about? These questions.
2: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Sometimes there are some things that I'm curious about. I had a question on the way to work this morning. Hmm. If there's no sadness in heaven...
0: No tears in heaven. No
1: tears in heaven. You know what I want to ask. Then why does the scripture talk about wiping away our tears? Now, I've had someone give me their answer to that, what they thought, but I was just pondering that mean, on the way And
0: when we get to heaven, the mm-hmm. wipe away our tears? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the end of our tears.
1: That's one answer.
0: I don't know if that's acceptable. I always thought of it that way. I the more I do what I do and work with people, the more I realize that there is no beginning and end. There, there's just all those in-between stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and maybe it isn't even all the in-between stuff because that seems linear. It's just, it is. And I know that sounds like really out there and stuff, but if we were measuring it in regards to grief, which is something we do quite a bit of, or at least I do, whether it's bereavement as a diagnosis or could be anything else. It's just, for me, it's universally how we process things emotionally and thought-wise, There's stages. But I think the tears, you can't have, I don't think you could have joy without tears. I, I don't think you can have resurrection without death. I, I just mm-hmm. don't think any of that comes. But if you start to separate that stuff out and, and you know, it almost, for me at least, it seems to suggest that the person is really not wanting to go through it. They're at a, a, you know, maybe a moment or stage where they've just had enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it wasn't my question, but I was present and I heard the other person give an answer and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Well, so what did they say? I like to ponder these things, you know. Um, the other person said that they thought that they might be reminded of things like when they see Jesus that they will possibly, you know, maybe feel bad for the things they didn't do. Like the that they would, you know, have a godly sorrow. Like maybe they would, you know, wish they had done this or wish they had done that or something like that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but that was the answer they gave. That they would, you know, wish that they had done more or something like that. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I like the idea of what you said better. And there is tears and there's tears of joy hmm. and so for the um, joy
0: that was set before him jesus right. endured the cross
1: mm-hmm. Despising. which was himself. by no
0: means pleasurable i would have to say confidently in a physical sort mm-hmm. of
1: way right so sure and sometimes i you know have questions about um stories that we get into scripture that we talk about but um I don't know. You can get into controversial things, but the older I get, the more I'm like, this is not a heaven and hell issue. So I'm not going to focus on that. And I don't like division. I think there should be more unity with believers, but I don't know. Sometimes I have questions about why things are, and sometimes I have questions about the Bible, but I think it's okay to question those things.
0: Well, you know, it's really difficult When you're with somebody you care a lot about Mm -hmm. and you know they're really, really sad, but you're not. Mm -hmm. That's hard, I think, Mm -hmm. in the sense. Not that we can't have compassion, but at the same time, there's tears and joy. And once again, I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'm starting to think, you know, because you could be... I know you're not in heaven right now, Mm -hmm. but you could be in some sort of state of being, Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: even in a physical dimension Mm -hmm. uh, that could capture at least some semblance of what our eternal reward. Mm -hmm. And I I think as the Bible would talk about it, uh, explain it, heaven is not only reserved for when we die, When we die, we just don't have the tears anymore. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they're gone. Mm -hmm. But you could be in some state of really good place right now and feeling really, really good. And I could be like in a really, really not so good place, a sad place or vice versa. I could be in a really good place and you could be a sad place. Mm -hmm. So the idea of reconciliation, I think it's important. Not that I would <laughs> want to necessarily come from a good place to have to help you in your bad place. Mm-hmm. But I understand that's just when we have that level of relationship where you love somebody in that mm-hmm. sort of way, then that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. You comfort them. Mm-hmm. But I think the ministry of reconciliation in the Bible is really just that. It's, it's the fact that some might be in heaven and some might be, I hope they're not in hell. Or some semblance of hell. They might be really sad.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, what do we do to help people? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't know uh, <laughs> what we do. I guess you'd have to be led of the spirit or moved by the Holy Spirit to know. Right.
1: Well, Somebody said that to me actually this weekend and I was trying my best to, um, comfort and kind of minister to somebody. And, and she said, you don't understand. That's not the same thing. And I, and it kind of hit me a little bit because she's right. It wasn't the exact same thing, the the thing I was talking to her about. But I understood the hurt and the pain, and I was trying to, you know, comfort and encourage in that way. But you're right. Sometimes all we can do is to try the best in the Holy Spirit, let him take over. Because in our own since it's sometimes difficult.
0: Yes, I, and, and you and I share a lot of common space, uh, physical space dimension, common air. We work out of the same office and mm-hmm. we run into each other. Not all that frequently, oddly enough. I'm usually over at the other office, you're here. But when you're living with somebody, whether it's kind of at work or at home, the idea is, I don't know that you could escape that. And what do you do with that? I was going to, <laughs> again, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I was going to go to continue in Mark, and uh, with that 14, because there was, to me, it caught my interest that in the same building, the palace, they were giving Jesus an awful time, and Peter was at, an, at another level down in the Think it's I've got the passage here in front of me. We may get there and I can say for sure. But he was somewhere else in the building. And all of that was going on at the same time. And though Jesus obviously was not going to let the cup or, or demand that the cup pass from him uh, in that way that, that he may have asked God if this cup could pass from me. He was going to do what he had to do. But he told Peter what he was going to do. (laughs) And this is at the same time that Peter was denying Christ. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, that's all happening at the same time. We don't recognize it happening at the same time because we don't share or they weren't sharing, even though they were in the same building. Mm -hmm. uh, He didn't know what was going on with Jesus. I would want to say Jesus knew what was going on with him because he prophesied it, right? Mm -hmm. So he foretold it. uh, Maybe... Maybe that's the point, too, is out of compassion, the ministry of reconciliation that we've been given, maybe we can, even as the Holy Spirit, see into everything Mm -hmm. with the gift of the Holy Spirit, have knowledge and wisdom Mm -hmm. that baffles
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) the
0: the men or women of the world because Mm -hmm. they don't have that, the worldly, the flesh. Mm -hmm. But I thought when it come to that, I thought, well, that's kind of what's happening now. Uh, I, I know what's going on in front of me, but I don't know what my patients are going through. Mm-hmm. True. I got two dogs that are waiting for my wife to get up and take them out. I'm sure they're in their own little bit of hell right now <laughs> at home. Um, and yet I sit here, and all I can do is what I have immediately in front of me. All I can know is what I know. Mm-hmm. And that may be a question. Do you think that that's the limits of it? Hmm.
2: Well,
1: obviously, we can only know what we know. But that's where we rely on the Holy Spirit to tell us what we cannot know. And and on the flip side of that, some things we don't need to know. You think about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some things God says, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. I think sometimes we don't need to know, and well, we want to know. But...
0: May I flip that a bit okay. and ask? Okay. Not, not saying I disagree. Okay. Just flip it a bit and ask. Maybe we should know implicitly, and not have to be told. Or maybe we should not. It should not be required that we have some mental exercise to figure out whether it's good or bad. Uh, and I know God told them not to eat the, the tree.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But would it not be the most elegant of things to just intuitively know? And maybe that was the other thing about this passage of Mark, and it's continuing the Holy Week, and it's Friday. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none for many bare false witness against him but their witness agreed not together and there arose certain and bare false witness against him saying we heard him say I will destroy this temple that is made with hands and within 3 days I will build another made without hands neither did need but neither so did their witness agree together And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou not what it is which these witnesses against thee? uh, What it is which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. And the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, "What need we any further witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye?" And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. Now, I'm not sure that Jesus had to say that. Probably, I could back that up with a lot of possible reasons why I think that. But the one central one was I keep remember Peter. Uh, and Jesus says, who say ye that I am?" Mm-hmm. And Jesus got really all excited and told Peter nobody told you this. Mm-hmm. you didn't come to this out of your own thoughts. The Holy Spirit bear witness to you. And I think that's what we're talking about in the podcast today is that the Holy Spirit bears witness. these folks probably didn't need. To be told, or maybe what these folks are doing is they're just proving the fact they don't care. They don't care about truth. They don't care about facts. Even as they were apprehended, Jesus, as they came to apprehend him, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, put down your weapons. I was in the temple every day. (laughs) You guys didn't take me when I was in the temple. Why are you going to do all this now? For the drama of it, I suppose, or maybe out of their own fears or insecurities. But it seems to me that we all know who Jesus is. It just seems also to me that many people don't want to
2: mm-hmm.
0: claim him, and they got one other angle, one other thought to go with this. And maybe that's what grieving is all about, the ministry of reconciliation is all about, is you have to go through your flesh coming to mm-hmm. accept
2: mm-hmm.
0: the call of Christ. Mm-hmm. And with that, then, the actual reason Jesus is here amongst us, even now in Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's probably where a lot of that grieving comes from. That's where there'll be no more tears in heaven or your tears will be wiped away. Because mm-hmm. when I think of it that way, or I think of, like I said, all these other people, my patients that are you know, hurting and I can't be with them, should I not feel happy or should I not feel joyful? Uh, should I be sad all the time? Should should I make this my single, s- singularly sole purpose in life to redeem? Um, as much as allow the Holy Spirit to use me to redeem mm-hmm. our Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just think that we could make it all those things, and so probably some people have. But maybe it's just a matter of realizing the moment you're in and where you're at. You can't see all the other that's going on. But I'm pretty sure all of this is going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yes. we're given this situation, this circumstance, right. for this cause and for this purpose.
1: Right. And that's kind of how um, when I talk to people that come to see me and we go through that situation. And I'll say, you realize this isn't about ABC or whatever we're talking about. Because I want them to realize this is much bigger than just this one situation. It's all of it together. And like you said, it, then it becomes linear if we start looking at it that way. But I see it as one, one singular life, like this space between you know the the dash on our tombstone. So how they are living in that dash, and the thing that they're going through, whether it's painful or joy, is just one part of that dash. So. It's hard to realize that when you're going through something really difficult. And so, you know, I try to um, remind them of that and obviously give them hope because it's not going to be this way forever. You know, my grandma used to say, this too shall pass. And I guess that goes for joyful things too. So we need to be really grateful for the, for the good times, for the joy. Um, and then so that when we come upon the times that are not joyful, then we can get through that as
0: well. Well, the chief priests and all the council were probably not very joyful. No. And that would be linear, right? We, we, would, mm-hmm. we could easily say, well, they're, that's the way they were. We know that. They're just evil. Mm-hmm. and they were." But I don't know that that's the right thing to say. Right. I think even as Jesus said, what he did speak to mm-hmm. was really the proof. <laughs> and what's the proof that he was the Christ? He says, I am and this is when art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed, the High Priest asked Jesus. And she said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. He was telling them, you know, right now you're not seeing much of anything. You're just very upset and you're transactional, as I like to call it. All right. So that's a concept that I've gotten into of late that I'm just probably not going to be able to move off on too quickly. But the idea that, that they were limiting themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they were not of the Holy Spirit and did not have that gift that we spoke of earlier that they would have insight, discernment into all things. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't leading with anything but their head and and in that they were probably on the tears again side of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, would they be redeemed? Would they be reconciled? Uh, I don't, don't know. I think God, what Jesus says is, He says, "And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of Power and coming in the clouds of heaven." I don't know if He was speaking of the second coming.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. This is the great mystery because a lot of people would say, "Well, why did He say that to them? Because they weren't around at that time." Was He talking about, you know, when He comes again, and you know, the dead will be resurrected, and they'll go through all that? the book of Revelation speaks of, maybe so, but it also makes me wonder, like you were saying, maybe he was just telling them, you're in a miserable state right now, and denial is the the, uh, calling card of it, Mm -hmm. and you're in such threat and denial right now, that you're going to, Kill the, the the messenger. You're gonna you're going to crucify me, and all I'm doing is bringing you the full picture, mm-hmm. so that you can see what all of that tribulation and trial leads to.
1: And he didn't answer them before, right before that. Um,
0: the high priest. He was talking transactional stuff,
1: right? And that's why it's interesting. Jesus doesn't go there. He does It says Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. He's not going to go there. But when they come out and say are you the one, that's when he answers. But when, he, when they bring, you know, are you not going to answer? What's this testimony about these men talking about you? He doesn't answer that. He only answers when they say, are you the Messiah? Which is interesting to me.
0: So we're going to go back to 14 and pick it up in verse 66. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, I thought he was in some lower part of the palace. There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, Art thou also, and thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth? But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew and a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them and he denied it again and a little after they that stood by said again to peter surely thou art one of them for thou art a galilean and thy speech agreeeth thereto but he began to curse and swear to swear saying i know not this man of whom ye speak and the second time the cock crew and peter called to mind the word that jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice Thou shalt deny me thrice, and when he thought thereon, he wept. Was Peter any better?
1: Peter knew.
0: Was he any better?
2: Mm,
1: yeah, right. That's a guess. The question. He knew, but he didn't want to admit that he knew. Uh, the other people. I think they didn't know, but they didn't want to know. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. So it's called denial. It's a right, stage right, right. of say, bereavement denial. and grief. It's right. The, it's right there with the crying. Crying comes, I think, along with, or maybe somewhat concurrently, the denial goes with the, the emotional, strong emotional reactions. Right. You know what I thought driving over? I thought, it's 20 degrees out. <laughs> And there's probably somebody freezing to death on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, should I help them? I didn't see them. I didn't see anybody. I just mm-hmm. thought, well, should I help them? And I played the scenario on my mind. And then I thought, well, they did it to themselves. <laughs> Carolyn, there's all homeless shelter uh, mm-hmm. not more than a block from here. Mm-hmm. They still sleep mm-hmm. out of the sidewalk, mm-hmm. even when it's 20 degrees out. But I thought, well, even if they were there and I did that, which kind of in my mind negates the whole point, at least my point would be, you should listen to somebody. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You should go to a homeless shelter. You should stop shooting up drugs. Mm -hmm. You should stop sleeping and by the way, defecating Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well on the sidewalks. But they were foolish or they are foolish in the sense that there's some that are sleeping outside right now. I'm don't confident. Know. I'm confident. Well, yes, and then we're to get here in a semi-warm mm-hmm. <laughs> space. But I thought about that. I thought, well, what's fair about that? Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer, necessarily. But I do think denial, Peter, he didn't want to go there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because... It's like, what do you do with Jesus? Exactly. And and I think Peter, I think that the the chief priests and council, I don't know if they're saved or were saved or they'll be saved. I just know that there's not going to be any of that, no more tears and any of that joy until we end this time in this world uh, in a physical sense. Maybe we can stop. Framing it all contextually within material terms and begin to appreciate things like we've been talking about in the podcast. But in the end, it would seem once we get there, we've got to do something with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what are we going to do? Right. What are Accept we going to do? Accept or deny. That's
1: the only two choices we have.
0: And that's Jesus, but I'm thinking too, <clears throat> it's like the calling of Christ. What are you going to do? Are you going to help them? People who are sleeping on the streets in 20-degree weather, are you not going to help them? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be so distraught and upset because the world's falling apart and we know who the enemy is? It's the high high priest and the council. It's Mm
1: -hmm. funny that you said that because I just um, talked to somebody this weekend about that. Uh, We were camping, and it was so cold. Uh, But fortunately, we were in the only cabin that had heat. (laughs) So... You know, we didn't necessarily freeze to death, but it was pretty cold. And I said, and there'll be people outside sleeping on the street in this weather. And the other person said to me, yes, but they could go to a shelter. And I stopped for a moment and I pondered that. Because that doesn't make me, that doesn't turn off my heart. I know in my wisdom, Mm -hmm. yes, they can go to a shelter. But part of me still wants to be like... (laughs) But I still care about them. You know, I still want them to be warm. I don't want to just walk by them like the Good Samaritan and be like, eh, you brought that on yourself, and just walk on by. So it made me think a little bit when she said that. I was kind of like, yeah, you're right. They could.
0: And Jesus did say that earlier on in this chapter. We've already talked about that on another podcast about Mary in the alabaster box. Mm-hmm. The poor you always have with you.
1: True. And that doesn't mean that we stop caring, but I think there's boundaries and limits that have to come with that. Yes.
0: And so if one were inclined to spend their entirety of their life in lament, Jeremiah, Mm. (laughs) lamentations.
1: Mm -hmm. The weeping prophet.
0: Is that right?
1: I guess it depends on what you're weeping for. Well, you would
0: want to hang out with a weeping prophet all the time. No. You would want to come home to your house and have somebody <laughs> weeping and mm-hmm. tears and all those things. And they're going through hell. And it's, it's, a, it's, very, it's a conundrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to call it a difficult dilemma, but it's a conundrum. Because you can't. But at some point you have to turn it off because if you can't turn it off Mm -hmm. or you can't give it to God in some sort of dimension and understand that he has a higher order to things than even you could conceptually wrap your head around. Right. But I think that's part of our woes Mm -hmm. in a societal sort of context today is Mm -hmm. people don't know what to do with this. And so they want to kill the messenger. Mm -hmm. And really, Jesus, if they'd only been able to see it for what it was, they were not in denial themselves, they would have seen this is exactly why Jesus came.
2: Hmm.
0: So that we could we could understand and appreciate. It's not me to save them. Right. It's not you to save them. I, I can help them. If you do the under the least of these, right. you do it unto me, so I should do that. Right. But in the end, the only way it's going to get better is if they come to Jesus and accept him as Lord and Savior. They decide they're going to do something different with their life. Right. And how long do you labor with those individuals? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think that has to be a God answer. Because in our humanness, some people will give up early. Some people will want to stay late, past the time that they needed to shake off the dust and move on. And some people get frustrated and they want to give up on the first attempt. So I think you have to be listening to the Holy Spirit to know when is when is the time for you to move on. And, you know, sometimes you're sowing the seed. Sometimes you're watering. Sometimes you're harvesting. You know, so perhaps we, in a real physical sense, perhaps we help somebody one time and that's our that's our time with them. Sometimes I just really believe we're seasons, however short or long that is, with certain people and God arranges all that and I think part of that's needing to accept that. Sometimes it's hard when it's people you you know, enjoy being around or you you know, really want to help, you know, quote, help. But ultimately it has to be God's time frame. Otherwise we're laboring in vain or you know, we're, of course, he can use even that. He can use all of our mistakes. But I just think we have to be sensitive to Holy Spirit. Like when that person said, "Well, they can go to the shelter," and I, you know, I had to pause for minutes. Okay, yeah, I agree. Where does that, where's that leave me at to just not care? I can't not care. So what do I do? You know, I agree with you. What do we do with that?
0: Well, I would not be someone who would want to make anybody feel incredibly shamed or guilty all
2: right.
0: or guilty and then shameful because they aren't doing something and I would not want to be, and I don't think I am generally speaking, <laughs> had to maybe think about this one a little bit longer, but I don't know that I feel compelled to have to, to be the bummer. You saw the bummer, mm-hmm. well, the, the person that brings everybody down, by reminded them of all these things. <laughs> right. But I do believe getting back to once again what we said the earliest uh, in earlier on the podcast, earliest parts of our discussion in the podcast, that all you got is the moment you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And though you're not Jesus, I'm not Jesus. If we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we take on that ministry of reconciliation, or we accept that, or we enter into that with Him, that calling, then whatever it is is presented. That's what we need to attend to. I I agree with you too. It needs Mm -hmm. to be the Holy Spirit Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that would lead and guide and direct. So I'm going to go back to that bummer thing. (laughs) So I was attending a church and uh, the church had a senior pastor. And of course, terminology is important in church, the different positions. There was a senior pastor, and then there was an associate pastor, and you know. I, as you could tell, I'm not necessarily as keen on terminology. I understand it's purposeful. But I was attending a church, and uh, where I was at at the time, I had great convictions on my heart about things. and I think And it wasn't the senior pastor. Although I'm not sure that that's a great compliment because I just don't know he he didn't do it because I don't think he wanted to get his hands dirty. He was like Pontius Pilate. He Mm -hmm. preferred to wash his hands. But I was the bummer. Because I had a conviction. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And with that, they didn't want to hear my conviction. And with that, they, I think, retrospectively, thinking about it, they wanted to control me. But I don't know they wanted to control me out of anything evil or more evil than what I'm trying to describe is that I brought a sense of reality to the church that they didn't want to contend with. Mm-hmm. But I think they just were, they didn't know what to do with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: They didn't know what to do with me. Yep. They didn't know what to do with whatever it was in that moment in my life mm-hmm. I was going through. But then I got to think, oh, I didn't come here just so that you could... You know, kind of push me aside. I came here because I was needing something. It's like Jesus going to the temple. I went to the temple because I had a infirmity. I had something that I really needed. People come see you for that reason. And um, <laughs> I got into a situation this past weekend with a patient. Uh, it wasn't a bad situation, but she's a bit obsessive compulsive and was insistent that her way is the right way, but it it wasn't. It was irrational. And. uh, I was, in, a, in that moment, I was left with a decision, maybe several points along the way, to the conversation. Uh, the awareness came to me, I could just try to make her believe something. I mean, after all, the way that, that I was thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's supposed to be the expert. I'm the one that's supposed to have the good advice. Uh, but that's not the way I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to encourage her. Mm-hmm. So I ended the session by acknowledging I don't want this to become an argument between you and I. You're mm-hmm. just very insistent that things are that way and I don't see them that way. And There was a third person in the room so I think that there was two or more gathered together. There was the witness thing. They didn't see it the way she saw it. But in the end, if that's the way she wants to live her life, I understand that. I didn't say don't ever come back and see me. I've given you all I have. Mm-hmm. But what I did say was if you come back and see me, this is probably what I'm going to give you because I can't give you anything else. Yep. I mean, we could argue the merits of your argument, which were all kind of negative self-esteem sorts of things, mm-hmm. guilt, shame, sorts of things. But again, once more, isn't that why Jesus came too? Because I can't. But when they ask, are you the, you know, the Messiah? Mm-hmm. They should have understood. I think they were seeing it. That's the only way out. Somebody needs to come along and say we're forgiven. Somebody needs to come along and tell us that it's okay to tend to the very thing that's immediately in front of you. Mm-hmm. And with that, do the best you can. But you can't fix the world. You can't make everything well or perfect or right. whatever you want to call it. Very difficult, though, because I think she was very passionate and mm-hmm. motivated. And-
2: hmm.
1: I have those conversations, um, and actually... <laughs> And that, that's the Holy Spirit. I really, truly believe that was the Holy Spirit leading me um, one day to just tell somebody, I'm not going to let you go there. And and that sounds a little bit, what are you telling me, what I can do, what I can't do? Um, because the person knew the trail they were going down was not the right path. And it's almost like they want you to stop them, you know, and it's, it's like, I'm not going to allow you to go, you know, listen to what you're saying." And so it really spoke to her, and she told me about it the next week. She said, I thought about what you said. And then she actually applied it in her life and shared with me that. But there's moments where the Holy Spirit kind of takes over, but, you know, we talk about that a lot. At, I mean, I tell them, when, you, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, when you follow it, people aren't going to know what to do with you. They're not going to know what how to respond. You know, we call it, like, new protocol. Uh, they they learn something. They respond to it. They, you know, start living it out. You know, maybe it's just setting boundaries. Well, they start saying no for the first time in their life. People don't know how to respond. People don't know what to do with them. And so they're not afraid of that, but it's it's a different reality. So it's quite interesting, like you said, to kind of see people in different places, how the world responds to them, but sometimes the Holy Spirit leads in the office. And, you know, I, t- I told one person, I was like, I can't tell you that because i would be lying to you. And I want to speak the truth to you, which is God's word. So <laughs> unless he will be lying to you, you know, so it was a little tense there for a moment, but um, and they understood. They didn't want me to lie to him.
0: And yet, they have to go through all of that. They right. have to go through the grief of right. like that. And
1: we don't deny that. And we talk about that.
0: And so we can't lose sight of the promise. Mm-hmm. Jesus gave the promise, the prophecy, uh, told them what, the, what will happen. He was the, the son of the living God or son of God, and that this is what was going to happen to establish that, validate that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be resurrected, all those things that we know the Bible tells us that really is the basis of our faith. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But getting back to this pastor, so he decides that he's going to take me on, but he's going to do it through texting. Now, I'm probably way, way, way behind the curve when it comes to a lot of technology, and this was... Texting had been around for a while. I just didn't do much of it. And with that, I'm a bit verbose, if you can't tell. So, so the idea, though, was, okay, we're going to go back and forth. And we got into what now I think was a text war. Mm. Because he was so insistent. Ouch. And I was so insistent. And I think we were, as you were saying, we all agree on the same thing. Jesus saves. But we weren't in the same place. Mm. But I think that's also part of that, is mm-hmm. that you know, I know, I could get in an a argument with a, a patient, you could get in an argument with one of the counselees that comes to see you, and we may be right, but we have to go through it with them. Mm-hmm. And all of those things about grief, the stages of grief, all those things that mm-hmm. are comprised or make up the stages of grief, That's just the human reaction as we're coming to that reconciliation, or we're coming to that point of accepting the truth for what it is, and also as the Holy Spirit would salt it, would minister to us, comfort us, lead us, guide us. Mm -hmm. And it won't happen overnight. I don't know if it takes a lifetime, maybe it takes a lifetime to get over your flesh. (laughs) interesting thing is, once the lifetime's over, you die. So. there's no flesh, but uh, I think it does, I think it takes a lifetime because until you die, you're not over your flesh
1: this is true this is true, and we'll always contend with that, but what I like to tell people is that we will get better at contending with it you'll start to catch yourself sooner, before you start believing a lie and and going off some rabbit trail in your faith (laughs) you'll start to notice things. And then you can respond quicker. You can not make the same mistakes, you know. So, so there's a, a learning curve in that, but obviously we're gonna do with our flesh till we die. So I think we just have to learn to listen better and we follow closer. And it's not so much about the doing, lest it sounds like we're talking works and I'm telling people, you know, like this is the equation that you follow. It's not about that. It's about their deepening of their relationship with the Lord. You know, somebody told me once there was a question about, um, you know, being more saved, something along those lines. And, And the answer given to me was, you know, once you get married after 20 years, are you more married? No, but you know the person better. Well, yeah. So it's kind of like that. And it's not that you're more saved, it's just you've gotten to know the Lord. You've got to hear His voice better. You've got to know Him better.
0: There's much to be said for consecration in, in that sort of way, mm-hmm. or sanctification. I mm-hmm. guess consecration set aside, sanctification then cleaned up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've gotten to a point with the work that I do that I will state the answer, and that being Jesus, and acknowledge that Jesus saves and if we have a ministry of reconciliation it's in Christ and it's in the Holy Spirit and it's about the word of God the mind of God the mind of Christ but I've also gotten to a point where I look for where they are in their grief
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: if they're still in denial <laughs> I could try to you know whip them into shape
1: right And try to get them out work. of
0: denial mm-hmm. I think the person that I'm speaking of though uh, had had something they weren't willing to admit to or deal with mm-hmm. and they felt awful about it I wanted to help them right? but they weren't going to let me go there because if they admitted to it then they would have had to at least I believe this would be true in their own mind they would have had to have then accepted they actually did this awful thing and I just wanted to say yeah but until you can you know I do believe you have to confess mm-hmm. you have to repent and confess but all it did was it left me realizing they're still in the earliest of stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Still angry, still mm-hmm. defensive, mm-hmm. still mourning mm-hmm. the loss, not accepting the reality, the truth. And if I'm a good example of Elihu, or if I have in that ministry of reconciliation, the power of the Holy Spirit that knows exactly how to get people through blessed are they that mourn, for they should be comforted mm-hmm. through through those different stages knowing where they're at though helps me to establish rapport mm-hmm. if they're still defensive then right. you know I'm not gonna I gotta be there in their defensiveness I don't again like it it's like, right. a, like we said at the beginning if somebody's sad and you're hanging out with them in the same space it's kind of tough but if it's somebody you care for and you love, and it's what the moment calls for, then you're going to go through the mourning and the grief with them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's just necessary.
2: Right.
0: I, I don't know if everything gets reconciled in Christ. I think eventually it does. Some souls are lost along the way, but in in many ways, that's also what the Bible's about. It's all about grief, and in the end, though, there's a lot of physical dimension to the kingdom. Uh, jesus second coming but it's all about spiritual first you've got to reconcile yourself to the reality of your humanity and <laughs> it should not be through text force it shouldn't be through arguing with people over that but i've known a lot of people and this pastor was very well knowledgeable of the word he just wouldn't get the point the point was i had a need now the bizarre thing about that right is that i don't think he wanted to see me with the need because he knew what it did for a living. But who am I supposed to go to? Right. I mean I think I have needs that I mean it's okay that I have needs. Mm-hmm. And if I go to a church to have my needs met, would that not be? Even if even if I do this as with a living for a living, it doesn't mean I'm not doing it with integrity. I can help other people and it does require integrity. I have to work right. on myself. But right. that's why I was at the church. Right. <laughs> but they didn't want to see it that way. No. They had their own issues and thoughts, and mm-hmm. I was pretty much, I think, a bummer.
1: Mm-hmm. You disappointed their idea of what they wanted.
0: <laughs> well, I think they do. They would have been, and we're probably, ultimately, they're very happy because I'm just nothing more than a humanist. i mm-hmm. um, a psychology, a psychological counselor, psychologist, psychological counselor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for them... Um, there's nothing like the Word of God. Well, I know the Word of God, too, mm-hmm. but nothing in my psychology or being a psychological counselor, even if I could heal physician, heal myself, even if I could try to heal myself, it's going to save me. Mm-hmm. What's going to save me is you. What's going to save homeless people is us mm-hmm. um, in the moment that we're in. But the moment you know that you realize the moment that you're in, and you start to get defensive and argumentative, then you're not doing anything but creating more burden and trouble. Right.
1: More problem. Right. And you're not focused on fixing the problem or being a help, you're focused on yourself. And that's, that makes it more difficult, more complicated, because instead of them reaching out to you, it was more about them in the end.
0: Was it Paul that said he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this way. Specifically, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, obviously. Mm -hmm. We do this. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because I'm a living testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I want to be saved. Mm -hmm. I want to subject myself to the church and have the church help me. Right. in my walk right. I don't want to be alienated mm-hmm. and, and if I did know something differently, I don't say it's more or less um, to me none of that all that's transactional
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, those and things that the high priests and the council were trying to do was transactional mm-hmm. Peter was personal and yeah. Peter was in denial I think it was personal for the priests and high priests okay, and yeah. the council but I think with Peter, it was even more intimately personal. They knew Jesus.
2: Well,
1: that's the thing. And I know you're into that word transactional right now. (laughs) And that's the sad part of the world that we live in, is that the majority of people are transactional. And we have to live in the midst of that. And how do we do that? And try not to become that. Or do we just cave and give in and go with the flow? <laughs> right? I mean, we have that choice. So I think it's a daily thing. We have to wake up and decide what we're going to do.
0: I have a very difficult time, though, with others not admitting mm-hmm. <laughs> or being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? Because they don't seem to want to admit they got problems. He did not want to admit he had problems. I think it was because he was again like the council and the high priest. He was in a position of some authority, and it was very difficult for him to acknowledge a problem. Mm-hmm. And it just made me more inclined to want to bring my problems to him and get the problems out of the table. Because if he's not going to be honest and truthful, he's not going to help me. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should, you know, get into again Twitter wars or text wars or whatever you call them. <laughs> But I do think I do think that we need to at least be able to be honest enough because then it'll just start to sound like you're just uh, where you just kind of like tell somebody uh, everything'll be okay, but you really don't get involved. Platitude. Is
1: yeah. Is it platitude?
0: Is that what they call it?
1: I think so, and I'm not sure that I don't think that helps anybody. It doesn't help the person for sure. And it doesn't help us, because it's like we're not willing to get our hands dirty. And if I'm not willing to go there with you, then I don't know that you should come see me because you know that's the thing. If I'm just gonna surface talk to you, then is that really a help to you or a service to you? I don't think so. I mean, I, that's that's how I feel about it because I'm, you know, willing to step into it with them, like you said. And and I had a person that was going through grief, and we were we went through those stages of grief, and we talked about it in depth. And so, you know, that was something that I had to step into it with her, and that was okay, you know. And um, did I have to act angry around all the people <laughs> that when I go home from work? No. But when I was with her, I felt her anger, and I felt my own anger in that. So,
0: That's the important part is, is that that we also want to make sure you do a good job on the podcast of doing this. So it's not anything new. It's not something you haven't made real clear, but it's a little different than I'm going to say it and usually you say it, that I am going to say it and usually you say it. But we've got problems. But if you go to somebody that doesn't have problems... You're probably being lied to. Right. You're probably being deceived.
1: Right.
0: Uh, I don't want to make more problems. I don't want to aggravate anybody. I don't want to. But if you're going to minister the gospel, at least minister the gospel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: D- don't use just the words. You know, don't just say all these things. Mm-hmm. Do them. Mm-hmm. And you, we didn't really get to this point. Point, but we did earlier. I think you were uh, getting close to it. But if you don't, uh, faith without works is dead. If you don't do it, whatever it is, then how you can tell me you believe it all you want. Mm -hmm. But if you can't show it or demonstrate it, and maybe I, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that would say, well, David, you're just tempting them. I don't know that I was tempting them. I just wanted somebody to go through it with me, mm-hmm. to step into it with me. Right. And it's not easy to step into it with someone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is true. No, we don't do that with counselees and patients. That's not why we're there. Mm-hmm. But we do admit, though, we got issues. hmm you and I got problems, Carolyn. I don't know if you feel comfortable with me saying that.
1: No, absolutely. And I, I, I think I would be amiss if I didn't allow you to say that or even admit that. And that's part of the beauty, I think, when people come to see me because, you know, I – and that's the difference. I will point that out in specialized pastoral care and Christian counseling is I do – Share a little bit. Um, You know, we're overcomers by the word of our testimony. Um, James five sixteen. You know, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. I'm not going to come in and confess my sins to you, but but I'm going to share. If there's a situation, you know, I I understand what you're saying. I I know how that feels. You know, there's different things that you know I can relate to, but I think that. It helps for people to know that we that we understand at least where they're coming from, and that they can under that they can perceive that we relate somewhat to them. You know, if I just come in and spout scriptures to them and and say, okay, you know, Godspeed, be on your way, <laughs> kind of like that um, scripture where you know you see someone cold and then what is it? You tell them to. Godspeed! instead of giving them your coat or something, you know, I can't quote it right now. But um, then I'm not really being of service to them. So, yeah, I don't claim to be perfect when they come in to see me. And I don't claim to have all the answers, but I do know where to point them to get all the answers. And sometimes we look at it together and we figure it out together. And so that's part of what I do.
0: And with integrity, Jesus practiced what he preached. And mm-hmm. as within the Holy Week, this was Friday. And all of it was starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Or at least the really, really awful parts of it. Mm-hmm. All of it was awful. Mm-hmm. But. And he went through that. Mm-hmm. And he practiced what he preached. And though Peter, the, the, the flesh is weak, this, the spirit is willing, but the mm-hmm. flesh is weak. We're all that way,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but for the love of God in Christ Jesus and the fact that Jesus did with integrity follow through on everything he said um, doesn't mean that he didn't have human dimension. It just means if he can do it, we can do it because he had human dimension.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. We're not going to be perfect like Jesus. That's not what I'm saying, but if I tell you that I don't want to harm you, I don't want to hurt you, and then I turn around and, and hurt you and harm you, I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty easy one, right? Right. And, and so if I tell you that I want to do the best I can to counsel and use the Word of God, and I, I want to be real and authentic and genuine, and uh, we'll, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll go down that road together in this intimate of moments but if I don't do that, then I'm a charlatan,
2: mm-hmm. a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And there's been moments that, and I can say this with true authenticity, <laughs> that there's been moments that, um, that you and I have had conversations like that. And I knew that, that you were walking through that with me. And so that truly does make the difference. It's the difference between somebody saying it'll be okay <laughs> and then somebody going through it with you and, and encouraging you and, and just letting you feel that way. You know, I don't tell my people that come to see me, you know, you shouldn't feel that way or you shouldn't be upset or that would be totally inappropriate. And sometimes it is, sometimes it is irrational. Like you said, with that client of yours. But that's okay because that's where they're at. And allowing people to be where they're at is an important part of well, what we do.
0: And it would not be that I've never been irrational.
1: Mm-hmm. You, irrational? Yeah, me,
0: irrational. <laughs> So, so I think we are called to help one another, and I think we're called to do that in the moment that we're in and no, no greater opportunity than the moment that you're in. And we can't be responsible for fixing the entire world, but right. Jesus is in others. He's not solely or singularly in me or you. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's not he said, well, Carolyn, you're going to take on the world and you're going to fix it right while I'm gone. Watch, <laughs> take the keys to the kingdom. No, you. You, you hold on to them. Just, I think I'll pass on that. It's too much. <laughs> right. But, but at the same time, though, I would want to say, should people come see us, not that we're going to get in all our stuff, but we know what stuff is. Right. And, right. and, and we know what that's like to go through that. Mm-hmm. And with that, because we do have Christ in us, I'm going to give you everything I got in mm-hmm. the moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I may, you know, when you're like, I was talking about my patience, when you're not in front of me, I may not be thinking entirely about you if God puts you on my mind a right. person. Right. On my mind, I'll pray for you and i right. think about it's you. It's whoever's in front of us But that's all we got is mm-hmm. the limited space. That and it's moment. not that God's limited by space or mm-hmm. time,
2: mm-hmm. we are.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't think beyond the definitions of time and space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Very, very hard for us to think beyond the definitions of time and space. So, if folks should have time, should they want to carve out some time, maybe some space to sit down with somebody? that's going to be authentic and genuine and real and uh, willing to go wherever they need you to go uh, for the sake of the calling of Christ, how do they get a hold of you?
1: The best way would be just to give me a call at 304-528-9220. And if you don't feel comfortable calling, you can always shoot me an email, as they say, at llc one at yahoo.com. You can go online and look at our website, get some information there, covenantsonline.com. Or you can check us out. Of course, keep listening to our podcast, but you can check us out on our Facebook page
2: as well.
0: And they can come back.
1: Yes, we invite you to come back.
0: The next edition of What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And until the next time, be blessed.